a lot of people will hear that someone's homeless and they will follow the immediate stereotype, which is that they're homeless because they're the ones in the wrong, they're doing it to themselves. Like, committed, like, some kind of crime that's put them out on the street. They just can't be bothered getting back on their feet. They've blown all their money on alcohol or drugs. Whereas there are people like myself, and I know there's going to be more people like that now, where we're genuinely trying to get back up on our feet. Jamie McRae has been homeless for five months. Until two weeks ago, he was couch surfing, but now he lives in his car, parked in the Euroa Service Centre car park. It's just a few metres away from where he works at the local McDonald's. He's on a desperate search for a house, but because of the region's painfully tight rental market, has come up empty-handed again and again. As part of Homelessness Week, I spent time with Jamie, listening to his story and gaining an insight into our region's growing homelessness crisis. Jamie's Mitsubishi Magna doesn't look like anything special from the outside, but to him, it's his entire world. I've had it since I was 18. It was I actually picked it up while well, I purchased it off my high school chaplain because he was wanting to sell it. Working night shifts at McDonald's, Jamie spends his days sleeping in his car. One of the biggest issues has just been the neck pain. The only other thing I can really say is because, I, as I said, I work night shifts a lot here, it's been sleeping through the day because even though it's winter, with the sun out like now, it can get really hot in the car. And how I used to have my car set up to try and give myself privacy was I would have this jacket strung up from like there going across there. So that was mostly my back window. I had all of my boxes and other belongings piled up here. So that covered most of these windows. When I catch up with Jamie, it's been two days since he turned 21. But instead of a big celebration with family and friends, he spent the night alone in his car. And instead of gifts and cake, all he received was two short texts. On the day itself, I got two notifications from different real estates saying your application is were unsuccessful for these rentals. And in the morning the next day, I got three more notifications saying your applications were unsuccessful. I pretty much grabbed my phone and I threw it across the parking lot. Like, I was that angry about it. So I'm sitting there like, how? Like, some of these properties I had a very good chance of getting and just nothing. In recent months, Jamie has made more than 100 applications for properties under $300 a week. But despite his efforts, he has been unable to secure a private rental tenancy in the region. My original plan for here was, okay, couch surf for a month, have the money, find a house. But the week I started searching for a house was when the pandemic lockdown started to happen. And I'm sitting there just like, ah, oh, okay, because that really cut down my options. And then things started to ease up a bit and I thought, okay, this is my chance to find somewhere. But apparently it wasn't because the real estate market was really stale in that time. And then since then, it's just been nothing. At times, it's felt like the local market wasn't even giving Jamie a chance. Well, some of these properties that have come up, they won't have even been up on the market for 24 hours. Like one of the ones I applied for was 19 hours, another one was 16 hours. I would shoot my expression of interest across and say, like, this is my situation. I, I just need something. And they would get back to me five minutes later and say, nah, applications are closed. And I'm sitting there like, that's not right at all. Born and raised in Wangaratta, Jamie didn't have an easy start to life. His struggles began when he was just four and his dad walked out on the family. That same year, his mother Suzanne received devastating news. She had a brain tumour. After 12 months of treatments and doctor's appointments, they discovered the cancer was terminal and she had less than a year to live. 
Unable to look after her children, she had no choice but to place Jamie and his three brothers in the foster care system. She battled the tumour for the next six years. That was the one thing I liked about my mother was she was someone who proved everyone wrong. And with those doctors, they kept saying she'd, she'd be lucky to see next year, she'd be lucky to see next month. She, she was a fighter, she was someone that didn't give up easy. And yeah, when I was 10, it was two days before her 50th birthday when she did pass away. And that was, probably, that was actually about 10 years ago now. Did you remember that day? Yeah. Not exactly a great one. Meanwhile, Jamie was being tossed from foster home to foster home. Some people were kind to him. Others made him wonder why they even got into foster care in the first place. But his first sense of a stable home came when he was placed with an elderly lady in the Warby Ranges. I was with her for eight years. There's so much I owe her in life because she really straightened me out. Yeah, there's not, there's not really any way I can actually pay her back for that. But eventually, Jamie had to move on. It wasn't actually by a choice of us. It was the foster care system saying she's too old to look after me and it was more getting to a point where I was looking after her and that's not what they wanted. And they said, okay, we're going to move you on to a different family. I was, I was unhappy with that. I was really unhappy with that decision. So, yeah, moved on to a new family and I was there for about a year. And, yeah, after that, that's when I left. That's when I was out of the foster care system. Leaving his final foster home with his senior VCAL certificate, Jamie began the hunt for a home and a job. He lived with his brother short term before securing his first rental in Euroa and a position at Bluegum Farm, a local thoroughbred breeding hub. Working there four months, he transitioned to Euroa McDonald's, moving in with friends in Benalla when his Euroa lease expired. Like, I had my own plans to move out of the property, like to save money to move out myself. But I wasn't planning on implementing that until about December, January. But in August, we heard that the landlord was moving back and she was giving us until the end of August to move out. That's when I went to Bendigo. Jamie rented a room in a Bendigo share house and started working at a local McDonald's. But when the workplace turned sour, he made the difficult decision to quit. I was in Bendigo for another month after that. I should have gone on Centrelink, but at the same time I didn't want to because one of my roommates there was already on Centrelink and it would have really messed up her payments. Eventually I just said, like, look, I can't find a job here, so I'm going to have to leave. On March 10th this year, Jamie moved back to Euroa, where he started working again at the local McDonald's. Hoping he'd soon find a rental of his own, he started couch surfing at his brother's girlfriend's house. But he'd be there for the next four and a half months. My original plan, as I mentioned before, was to stay there for a month and then be on my way. And it's just not been easy since. At that point, I was starting to feel like I was being intruding. I was starting to feel like I was being a burden because I'm working overnights here and she's got four kids in the house and she has to try and keep them quiet while I'm trying to sleep. Feeling like a burden, Jamie's mental health began to spiral until he had a breakdown. I'm someone who mentally can't cope with others helping me. I'm someone who wants to try and look after myself. I'm someone who wants to try and be independent. Like, there are times where I know, like, I know I need help, I know I need it, but just mentally I can't cope with it because there's a sense that I need to pay back for that help. Two weeks ago, I was having a pretty bad breakdown and I just said, no, nah, I can't do this. So I just up and left in the middle of the night. I think back on it and I know I should have said something to her, but in the state of mind I was in, I just didn't want to stick around. I just wanted to be out. 
Jamie packed all his possessions into his car and drove straight to the Uroa Service Centre. Where my car is parked now, like that's where I've been sleeping since. In all honesty, after doing that, I felt some mental stress come off me. Like, it's still not enjoyable, of course, sleeping in a car. Like, it's not overly comfortable. But I didn't honestly mind it. There's a lot Jamie misses about having a home of his own. It's pretty much just been the privacy of having my own place, but also missing the ability to actually interact with my friends. Because of how distant we are, so I've got two of my friends that live in Bendigo, another two that live in Melbourne. The best way we interact with each other is through our gaming. That's pretty much it. Because I haven't been able to do that, like it's just been pretty hard. Jamie also misses his beloved cat Nikolai. Even now he scrolls through his phone, proudly sharing photos and videos of his four-legged friend, a friend he had to leave behind when he lost his home. He's being looked after by some, some more friends in Mendigo. I considered him my anxiety cat because he always seemed to know whenever I was starting to feel like really anxious, really depressed, because he, he would immediately come over and that feeling was just gone. I really want to have him back. While life can feel pretty hopeless at times, Jamie insists he's one of the lucky ones. Although he may be homeless, he still has shelter, transport and electronics. But like so many people caught in this cycle, he's lost the luxury of dreams. There's so much Jamie would like to do with his life, but until he finds a home, most of it's on hold. For the next few years, I want to stay at McDonald's and try and see if I can get at least succeed in this management stuff, if I can get into it. Another path I could take is to continue with my barista stuff from here and just work in a cafeteria somewhere, maybe even own one if I really wanted to. Another thing I could do is get back into doing equine studies and going back and working with horses. But in the meantime, he's holding on to the hope there's a light and a home at the end of this long tunnel. And when I met with him last week, it seemed there finally might be. So last night, I got a call from Beyond Housing while I was at a house inspection, and they said they've got emergency accommodation for me. That's going to be around for one week, and I've spent my first night there, and that was the first time I'd been in a proper bed in my entire time since leaving Bendigo. And while I was about to go to sleep last night, I got another phone call, which was from my real estate agent in Euroa, and she said that there's a lady that's trying to reach out to you. She's offering you, like, your own section of her house. I went and dropped into there last night. They gave me a look around. They said that if you haven't found anything after your one week is up, then you can come here. And then I've also been in contact with a friend. She said that they're wanting to move out of their unit. They asked me if I was interested in potentially having the lease signed over to me. I said, yeah, like, for sure. For the first time in a long time, there's hope in Jamie's eyes. I just want everything to be over with, and I'm hoping that all of this works out. I want to try and get my life back, and I want to try and live my life to its fullest. Well, I still can.
For the first time in a long time, there's hope in Jamie's eyes.